0: Welcome to Foshar Weekly. It's the big 200 episode, and we have a very special guest joining us. And Atlanta United have also done something they've never done before up above the border. We'll get into all that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Foshar fam. I'm AJ, and this is Chris Smith. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating this segment is sponsored by thinking man tavern a cozy decatur neighborhood pub grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu to go check out thinking man tavern so fashar fam welcome to the show and i have a very special guest in chris smith from 90 min he of course uh has been uh, kind of a guy that's been in and around that Atlanta United uh, uh, Twitter space for us, uh, really maybe breaking some news or uh, you know providing some awesome stats during the game, after the game on the players that were of note. I mean, it's awesome to have you, but uh, welcome to the show, Chris. Yeah, thank you very much. It's uh, great to be here and appreciate the kind intro. Oh, absolutely, man. And uh, yeah. You know, we'll get into uh, some of the awesome things you did this week, uh, or maybe this past weekend, but uh, we will, yeah, maybe just check in on you and see how you've been. I mean, you know, in terms of also, you know, your temperature on Atlanta United, how you're feeling about us. uh, We're in a playoff spot. We're in fifth. I mean, we're in and out yo-yoing in and out of uh, playoff uh, contention. But, uh, yeah, do you feel like... LA United is a true contender for, uh, you know, not only a playoff spot, or, but for maybe MLS Cup?
1: Uh, I mean, maybe MLS Cup to go all the way might be a stretch, but on the team as a whole, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I think now with the with the schedule that Atlanta have got left, I'd, I'd say they not a sure in but they're, they're pretty nailed on now to make the playoffs. They've got one of the most favorable run so feeling pretty good. You know, the. We look a lot better under Pineda and obviously Valentino before that. And, you know, we're we're passing forwards now. We seem to have some more intent and games look exciting again. So whatever happens at this point, at least
0: it's been fun again. But, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, also uh, our away form just slightly inched just a little (laughs) bit better. (laughs) Our third uh, away win of the season, uh, you know, first time. Winning in Toronto, Um, yeah, it's not as dire maybe as it seems, Uh, you know, did that performance in Toronto give you some confidence?
1: Yeah, quite tough judging Toronto at the moment because they've been quite poor all season Um, up until really Javier Perez has took over and they look more like the Toronto of old again, so by the time Atlanta got there, they were actually in a good bit of form again, so to actually pick up the win there, I think is really positive, so Maybe for Pineda, I think the game was a little bit more open than he would have liked. Um, Gave up a few too many chances. Another day probably could have been punished. But then again, by contrast, Atlanta create plenty of more chances to score more than two themselves, even if they were fortunate with the goals they got. So overall, yeah, away from home and what is normally a tough place to go. A lot to be excited about, and especially considering
0: now we're coming back to three straight home games as well. Mm -hmm, Indeed. And, uh, well... There is uh, maybe a little caveat that maybe should be had uh, where, you know, Toronto, they did bring on Pozuelo and Altidore afterwards uh, for some reason. It's I've, I've surmised it's rest, but it also, uh, yeah, they looked a little bit more dangerous, obviously, after that, uh, which, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, I still think, though, uh, we still fared so well in the sense of, uh, you know, our uh, our fatigue levels didn't really... Drop you know, our uh, our energy levels did drop our um, you know basically for many of our players especially even seeing you know Marcelino Moreno uh, and George Bello make gut busting runs at the end of the match in stoppage time I mean is uh, I think a very very good sign that uh, you know the uh, the fitness levels of the team are still very very high especially after uh, an international break it should be right. Yeah, that, it's, a,
1: it's a really good point. Um, earlier in the season, I don't think you'd have seen Atlanta do that. How many times did we get sort of bust open in the last 10 minutes and throw away a two-goal lead? And, the, and this time, instead, we're going down the other end in stoppage time and, and making a two-goal lead. And it, it was an intense game as well. Um, obviously, there was the uh, the altercation with uh, Ezekiel Barco, and obviously it was a bit of an end-to-end game. and under those conditions it, as you say with with internationals as well it it's easy to burn out and sort of lose your foot in the game and maybe throw away points where you shouldn't do and i think maybe earlier in the season atlanta would have done that but definitely a good sign that they were able to ride that out and kill the game in, in stoppage
0: time mm-hmm. and especially yeah Godzilla pineda he spoke after the match about how they trained uh on this pretty much uh you know making sure that uh yeah on away games that they see out matches and that they uh they know what to do um now i mean it's not like maybe levels of say like philadelphia union where we're shit housing like they are but uh we definitely uh are doing the right things to uh yeah make sure that all points go home with us um but yeah, I mean, what, what else did you see in terms of uh, maybe from our midfield? You feel like um, you know, especially with uh, you know, Hosetu, Sosa. Like, are you are you liking um, you know that double pivot, especially Hosetu, who's come on kind of leaps and bounds after he kind of got reintroduced into the side?
1: Yeah, I mean. with Roseto it was always going to be tough making that adjustment into MLS with the the increased physicality and obviously he struggled with a few injuries and I think the biggest worry was pairing him with Santiago Sosa when Sosa's already done so much on his own and quite often looked tired and what you forget about Sosa as well he's so calm on the ball and he's he's so effective that you forget how, how few minutes and how few professional games he's played before he's come to Atlanta so to see the two of them kind of they've kind of been pushed together through necessity with obviously with Emerson Hyman going out for so long and, you know, Mo Adams hasn't been able to get fit. So there's been very little room for rotation. Um, but yeah, they're both really good on the ball. That's the first thing that that's comes out to me. They're really secure in possession. And um, uh, there was a game a few weeks, a few weeks back. If you're going to don't quote me on who it was because I can't remember, yeah. but you like, completed a hundred percent of his passes in the first half and I remember looking at the pass maps that you can get on, on the MLS website and a lot of them were forward as well I know he's been accused of passing backwards too much but I think his confidence has grown as well he's he started progressing the ball a bit more which, you know, that's the whole point our most dangerous players are, are, are up top we've, we've got more firepower there than most teams in the league to be quite honest so if you can if you can get them balls into them quickly and you've got someone who can, who can break lines that's great and it, it looks like now we've got two players who can do that and obviously then at wing back you've got Bello and, and Brooks Lennon who's delivered especially Lennon his delivery second to on so yeah I'm liking it so far um, what happens when you come up against a team that's really truly Yeah, as you mentioned before maybe if Pozuelo starts that would be interesting to see how they handle him and maybe someone like Carlos Hill from, from the from the Reds if we ever come up against them maybe it's a different story but for the, for the teams that we've got to pull away here the rest of the season I I do like that
0: double pivot yeah especially yeah if we're playing a little bit more attacking a little bit more aggressive then absolutely uh, yeah you can see them doing well but yes you make a great point you know the Carl's heels of the world Um, yeah I think I have my reservations about Jose to defensively Uh, he pretty much i don't really rate him too much defensively, to be honest. <laughs> like, uh, is, there's uh, quite a few rash tackles yeah. that he, maybe he gets a, a, away with a little bit. But um, and then Sosa, um, yeah, as great of a player as he's been throughout the season, uh, lacks a little bit of pace maybe, and so it's there's a little bit of yeah, yeah. Uh, that athleticism, maybe that uh, that bulldog. That's yeah, you know, Franco Ibarra returning. Um, you know, is that maybe player that can. Uh, offer that for us, but um, yeah, you know, maybe just to kind of uh, touch on a bar, you know, real quick. Uh, what do you think of his performance versus Toronto?
1: I think with a bar again,
0: it's it's like Sosa, so He's so young
1: that it, it, you've got to you've got to sort of shift your expectations of him. But mm-hmm. I think not so much in the Toronto game because I'll be quite honest with you. By the time he came on. I was quite drunk on MLS by that point so he didn't, <laughs> he didn't quite stick out as much as possible but what I do know about Rodara is he always offers a ton of energy and if that's the guy you've got coming off the bench towards the end of the game to sort of help Sosa with that mobility and, and maybe bail out Rossetto, then I'm, I'm fine with that you know, Rodara's not been perfect this season um, but he's a young kid who's come to a new league and he still, and he's he struggled with fitness problems at times as well. So, but he, every time he comes on, he does seem to have that that energy and that bite about him. Which against some of the bigger teams in the east, and then I think that's definitely going to be key.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, one thing we haven't spoken about is uh, Luis Adarujo's, uh little oopsie chip goal. That uh, yeah, we uh, we definitely embarrassed our. Uh, Definitely not old friend. Definitely old nemesis in Kamar Lawrence, uh, and uh, you know, a couple times for those two goals. Uh, definitely awesome to see, of course. But um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, yeah, did he did he mean it, or uh, was it an oopsie? No, he definitely didn't mean it. <laughs> he completely changed it. But you know what? I,
1: I think I remember him saying, if if that's how he's got to score goals every week, then fine, so be it. You take him as the call. Even even Moreno's goal at the end, it it was a great run. Don't get me wrong, and to do that run so late into the game in what was such an intense game was was fantastic. But let's face it, he's basically tackled that ball into the net. So you know, absolutely, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. quite, slightly fortunate on, on both counts, really. But then again, we created other chances that maybe we should have scored. Arujo himself missed missed a pretty decent chance. So mm. you know, you, you make your own luck at the end of the day.
0: Right. And that's been kind of the thing is uh, making sure when especially when we're playing false nine, uh or mm. I guess like even false nines maybe at this point, uh yeah, that it was uh, you know, making sure that we can put the ball in the back of the net. But um yeah, and then well speaking on that, Ezekiel Barco, uh yeah, you know, with that uh red card of course you know, he will miss the NYC FC match. Uh, it did come out today. We're filming this on a Tuesday full transparency that, um, yeah, uh, it has not been resetted. It. it is still, yeah, unfortunate that he, uh, whatever he did, uh, <laughs> the cameras weren't ex- especially on that whole altercation. So uh, we're just going by the word. Uh, but uh, there maybe was a headbutt. There maybe was a little bit of. A hand to face, but that's just going by words. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, uh, but you know, largely, uh, yeah. What do you think of Barco in this match, though? Because I thought, yeah, he was having a hell of a match. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, just just
1: quickly touching on the red card, I did manage to um, to get a quick quick uh, video of the of the incident in question. It was a bad angle, and but I posted it on Twitter anyway, and. If that's the red card, then we've got. Problems.
0: Yeah, it's definitely uh, problems. I think it's,
1: uh, uh, you know, it's it's they've come together for a moment. They, they stared each other down and touched touched faces. You know, it's basically a hug. So, if you know, if, <laughs> if that's a red card, then we've we've got problems. I think in any other league, that's a yellow card. But mm-hmm. we'll leave that there. You know, the decision's made. Um, we, we can't we can't change anything for the NYCFC game. But he'll be a big miss. Um, yeah, he, he really did. Another one of those performances that we're, we're getting more used to seeing now, where mm-hmm. he drives Atlanta forward so well. Um, He's stopped running into those those sort of dead ends as much as he used to. And mm-hmm. when he gets to the top of the box now, he he really is smart with his with his distribution. He's linking up well. Uh, yeah, because that for that first goal think back to the uh, the, the pass mm-hmm. that he played back to George Bellota in the. Big- yeah, yeah, that's it. Like that—that's the sort of thing you're getting from Barco now. Not obviously the, the free kicks and and the goals he scores himself are, are spectacular, and and that's going to catch the headlines. But it's those little sort of those little pre-assists and those little smart passes that break open the defence. But his decision making and his execution is so much better now. He's he's been a new player since we've come back. He's come back from the Olympics, so great to see. But yeah, he'll he'll definitely be a big miss.
0: Indeed, and so, yeah, that definitely uh, brings some big questions on who's going to play, maybe in his uh, steed. Uh, but, yeah, you know, getting into some uh, some of the news, uh, Marcelino Moreno, he made the uh, MLS Team of the Week. It was uh, Gonzalo Pineda's birthday, and, uh, yeah, he got in on some of those festivities as well. Uh, yeah, a little bit more for uh, Pineda in, uh, in this one yeah. than... Uh, than just a cake but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the coach deserves it enough to be fair so right it seems like he's uh, he's the one who's kind of spurred this on a little bit in terms of uh, the celebrations where uh, I'm sure the groundskeepers are very much uh, loathing the uh, <laughs> their day every single time that they have to uh, get to kind of witness that but um, but yeah and so you know all in all uh, you know a, a good weekend for Atlanta United especially uh, another trip to Canada and this time it goes a little bit better so, you know, that's good uh, Sands, of course the Ezekiel Barco Red, but um, but yeah, you know going into that NYCFC match, um, you know, we still have questions regarding uh, you know, Joseph Martinez as well, how many minutes can he play or can he even start uh, NYCFC also, I mean you know, our uh you know they're doing decently this season, and uh, it's an attack that's really, really strong. But it's also, um, you know, they're very inconsistent. They're a team that are pretty young. sans Maxi Morales, and uh, so you know they're still trying to figure out uh, what type of team they are. But um, nonetheless, there would be a. Ooh, my mic just fell. But uh, <laughs> here we go. Ooh. Hopefully, uh, RIP your ears, uh, listeners, sorry about that, but, um, but yeah. And so, you know, it's a type of team that, uh, maybe we, you know, we should be putting away, especially at home, but, uh, you know, how do you see it, uh, you know, on Wednesday?
1: Yeah. If you'd have asked me this about three months ago, I don't think I'd have felt very good about it, but Atlanta seemed to have trended upwards and NYCFC are, are really in a slump, um, I managed to catch their game against the Red Bulls at the weekend and they were so flat throughout. I mean, I know Red Bulls are doing okay at the moment and they're defending really well but this isn't the NYCFC that we've become so used to. Not just at the start of this season but over the years. It's it's always been a bit of a mystery why they've not gone a bit further in the playoffs uh, on a number of occasions but 2018 aside, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But um, But um, no, I think now, with, with, with the way the, the two teams are trending, I'm pretty pretty happy about it. I saw Felipe Cardenas' report, I think it was earlier today, that Joseph looked good in training. He was, he was taking part in Rondo drills as well and looked really sharp. So he seemed confident that, he, that he's ready to step back in. And if that's the case, given that Barco's out and what's at stake, especially with where NYCFC are in the table as well, I think you've got to start him and just put faith in, in the fact that he can do an hour and hope that does the damage, because mm-hmm. if you take him out, who, who are you going to put in instead? Is it going to be Kubo Torres or someone like that? Um, do you do you keep Luis Arujo and, and Marcelino Moreno up, up as a two and go for a bit more of a solid midfield, but then you're losing that creativity, so mm-hmm. if, he's, if he's fit to, to play, he's fit to start, in my opinion, and just see how far you can push him and, and give him the chance to do damage, but that NYCFC team they're dangerous but and I, I like Tati Castellanos a lot I really do like him but he, he is inconsistent, he does miss chances so I expect our uh, back three to really be able to deal with that and then obviously Anton Tinnerholm being out as well, I think that's a big relief to George Bellow because I think he might have got pinned back there but with him being out I think they're a very different side at the back as well, he's such a big miss for them mm-hmm. that I think we should come out on top
0: yeah, yeah. If there's more joy for George Bellow, it usually means there's a little bit more joy for LA United as well, uh, yeah. because yeah, you know, uh, as good as uh Lennon's deliveries are, uh, they c- can be a little bit predictable at times. And uh, George Bellow, yeah, you know, will he cross? Will he drag it back? Will he, uh, you know, take it himself? There's a little bit mm-hmm. more vari- variability, and um, that causes a little bit more. I think kind of unease for the opposing sides for sure, but um, but yeah, you know, getting into that uh, kind of predicted starting eleven. Then I mean, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, Guz between the sticks. Uh, you know, would you rotate like Miles Robinson did play uh, for the U.S. men's national team? Sort of George Bello. Uh, would you rotate for this uh, match? That uh, three-man backline and the the wingbacks. Until you brought it up, I would have said no,
1: but thinking about who's coming up after NYCFC and obviously into Miami having Gonzalo Higuain, it might not be a bad idea to to bring George Campbell in and, and let Miles rest up for that one. I know Higuain isn't the, the force that he used to be, but he's he's still a very intelligent striker and I think you need a very intelligent centre-back to to snuff him out, so... To prepare for that game, I know you take it one game at a time, but it's it's a busy schedule and you've got to manage the load. And I, I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, I think Franco and and Walks are looking good and for the, for the most part, so I think they can stay in. But yeah, keep Miles fresh and bring Campbell in. There's nothing that Campbell's done to tell me that he can't deal with a player like Castellanos or a team
0: like NYCFC for sure. Yeah, no, I I don't uh, disagree there for sure. And so. uh <laughs> Yeah, I think it could go either way, and uh, yeah, I kind of lean towards you as well. You brought a yeah very sound point there, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean you know with the wing backs George Bellow, Brooks Lennon, would you persist there or would you bring in maybe a Jake Mulroney on the left, uh, Ronald Hernandez on the right?
1: Uh, no, I think this this really picks itself. Obviously, we mentioned with with George Bellow before, with with Tinahome be, not being there, it might open up a bit more space for him, and then. I think getting Joseph back. I think it's important to have someone on the other side who can deliver, who will deliver consistent crosses in Brooks Lennon. So, mm-hmm. and especially with, with NYCFC's defensive misgivings at the moment as well. I think getting those two pressing high, delivering the box on one side, driving the ball on the other. I think I think that's going to be important.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I think we we maybe rotate uh, against Miami if mm-hmm. it were, yeah. um, and maybe give you know George Bello. 70 75 minutes um you know just to kind of uh keep everything fresh anyway yeah the only thing i would say though is you're
1: uh, you're really asking for brechet to punish you there on Saturday <laughs> and the weekend aren't you? but you know uh, that-
0: <laughs> yeah uh as uh, as great of a guy that brechet was is uh you know um those that have seen his video on our channel where we hung out with him with uh him doing his tats and whatnot. Uh, yeah, when he when he punched us uh, in the air, it really kind of made it sour for uh, for me anyway because I was like, why did we never play him that way? You know, obviously, 6'6 player. Uh, we should absolutely be lumping it high to him in the box when it's late. I mean, it's just uh, remiss <laughs> that we didn't do that. But anyway, um, yeah, so same. Yeah, I would go with George Bellow and Brooks Lennon. Uh, on the right, but uh, in midfield, I think this is where it's going to be interesting. Who would you have in midfield?
1: Mm, Central, it's, midfield. I, I
0: think, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, so to start for me,
1: um, I know we, you know we mentioned that he's, he's not quite as mobile as you'd like, but he dominates the ball so well. He's, he's that link from front to back, so that that's going to be important, obviously, to, to getting us forward quickly. And the, the, real, the real decision there to be made is with Rossetto and, and Ibarra and Diego because they've, they've got a good midfield themselves, you know, even like likes of someone like Keaton Parks is a, is a big talent and is very much capable of, of sort of driving that ball forward and, and getting NYCFC going on his day. So mm-hmm. that three decisions got to be made. It, if I'm Pineda, I'm looking at this game at home, the form that the two sides are in. I'm sticking with Rosetto at least for the first hour, mm. and then maybe if you need to really energize at the end and, and push NYCFC back towards the end, that's when you bring in Ibarra mm.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. You could also bring in maybe a, a Marsaidich as well, of course. And yeah. so there are uh, some options there. Um, mm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's Hosetu and Sosa for me as well. But mm. um, yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like you know. Uh, with the the kind of uh, two striker look that we've had as well, like Moreno uh, centrally has been kind of just a uh, you know a wonder. It's been something yeah. that well, you know like he he has been our most solid player that's for sure this yeah. entire season. And when he is played centrally, oh my god, it's just uh, yeah. he he runs the game and he's everywhere. Yeah. And so you know I don't know if I want him completely touching that uh, that touch line. Um, maybe that's where Bello is uh, able to provide that with and then, yeah, Moreno can just be, uh, you know, everywhere. And, um, but yeah, you know, into those, uh, into those forwards, those uh, wide forwards, who do you got? Well,
1: this is the interesting thing. You say wide forwards, but the way I'd do it is I'd have Moreno and Arujo sort of talking into the half spaces and, and let Lennon and Bello stretch the field. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a bit of obviously, a, it's a bit of shameless self-promotion here, but before Marino joined, I did the scout report for uh, Dirty South. I watched quite a lot of footage on him and, and spoke to a few journalists down on the ground down there who'd watched him. And it appeared very clear, and just browsing over stats and, and heat maps and, and all that kind of stuff, that he's very much a player who takes the ball through the middle and he just puts defences on the back foot. And, and that's his biggest strength. And you saw that with the goal. He broke away. Just he had one thing in his mind: and that's drive the ball forward any way possible. Um, and I think those those players, especially at MLS, when how how open the games get, it's so important. So I'd have him and Arujo because Arujo's got a similar skill set in that he can just glide past players so effortlessly. Those those two are sort of dual tens tucking inside a little bit, let let the wing backs create the width, and then as we say, if he's fit, Joseph just in front of him, basically doing what Joseph does, scoring
0: goals and and getting
1: hold of the ball and bringing us others, in, others into play
0: yeah uh yeah no it's uh we have remarkably same uh you know 11s here i mean i think it's yeah it's a i mean
1: if you want, if you want to throw Kubo torres up front i could completely understand that, Yeah, but... yeah
0: yeah that that won't be happening uh but uh
1: <laughs> it is yeah, so definitely Ooh. The guy, the guy but uh yeah i don't think he's gonna... he that joseph's gonna score and i think mm-hmm. he NYCFC's firepower, you know, it, it as much as they expect a, a relatively comfortable victory, it could become a shootout, and Joseph's got to be the guy. For that.
0: Absolutely, and it's it, uh, it will be the uh, if I recall correctly, it will be the first match uh, since he scored one hundred. Uh, yeah. You know that he's going to be back at the Benz and so it'll be yeah. a somewhat emotional uh, return uh, for yeah. him. And uh, so, you know, I suspect that that motivation that's extra drive will be there from the mm. King for sure. But um yeah, well, you know, that gets us to the score prediction. What do you think is going to happen, Cruz?
1: Um, I mean, I know I've just said it could become a shootout, um, but I don't expect it to be. I'm going to go 2-1 to Atlanta United. I think we've just about got enough. Um, it won't be an easy game, even with NYCFC's poor form. We've got some good players there, but I think Atlanta should be able to keep them arms length and get the three points.
0: Yeah, um, I think I think it will be a shootout. Uh, even though as good a form as uh, Brad Guzan has been in, uh, with that kind of last minute uh, yes. kind of stoppage time save that he made, um, he's been really really strong. Uh, you know, stopping uh, stopping balls and um, you know all that this season, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be a three-two win for Atlanta United. So yeah, it'll be some entertainment on a Wednesday night. Mm. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, sometimes it's been a little bit a little bit dire on the uh, goal scoring department uh, on these like weekday matches as well. But yeah. so hopefully that is the case. But uh, yeah, guys, let us know what you think is gonna happen in the comments below. But no, Chris, you had a, you had a thought. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say. I hope you're right because some of the some of the midweek games have been quite poor, and they've got normally gone midnight by the time they kick off on,
0: on my time zone. So right. that'll certainly be worth staying up
1: for. So I hope you're right on that one.
0: Indeed. Yeah. No. It's uh, there have been literally I think times where uh, yeah you know especially early on this season that the play has been so dire that it uh, yeah uh, I would not blame people if they fell asleep because it's just. <laughs> really uh really difficult to stay awake uh, especially if you're yeah already at midnight should be asleep yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do it man but uh you know it's uh you're amazing for uh, for not only uh, you know doing all the things you do uh, you know especially I mean, shout out to you. There's uh, a little news that you broke uh, this week as well. Ricardo Pepe wants to leave FC Dallas. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to that. Uh, Grant Wall gave you a shout out. I believe uh, Roger Gonzalez also gave you one. Uh, That's awesome, man. Yeah, so congrats to you. (laughs) Thank you. But, yeah, even uh, you you spoke about it before uh, we recorded, but... uh, the man Fabrizio Romano even followed you I mean uh... yeah
1: and that's a big win that. And that's, that that's the kind of thing you phone your mum about even though she doesn't know if Fabrizio
0: Romano is so <laughs> she's just like oh, okay yeah well that is that a good yeah. thing <laughs> pretty yeah, much yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah except in an English accent but yeah uh, <laughs> but anyway but uh, yeah Chris thank you so much for coming on uh, yeah tell the good people where they can find you on the internet
1: yeah, uh, you can get me on Twitter at CJSmith91. And I'm also on Instagram now at Chris underscore
0: Smith underscore MLS. So drop me a follow on there and, and get in touch. I'm always happy to talk. Yeah, indeed. He's a great follow. He uh, yeah offers so much to the LA United community. And so it's absolutely a pleasure for me. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and a rating so we could pop up higher in your rankings. And for Chris, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>